0: (sighs) hey what's the deal folks Dominic here and this is episode 18 I think it's 18 of the no sleep startup podcast where we talk about a whole bunch of stuff and the entire framework of the podcast has changed Because it started off as a platform to promote a cool thing that me and some friends are doing. And now it's kind of this thing. Now it's a thing. And you guys are a part of it. And I didn't think it would be a thing until a whole bunch of people started listening to it. So now it's a thing. Okay? Deal with it. Now it's a podcast. Not a platform. To promote other stuff. (laughs) How was your 4th? How was your 4th of July? Did you grill? What did you grill? I know you had to have the essentials. You have to have burgers and hot dogs. Some people do chicken, like barbecue chicken. Did you have a playlist for your grill, for your barbecue? You got to have a playlist. My playlist was Jay-Z's new album, of course, because why not? It's the best thing that's happened to me all year. (laughs) Did you have people come over for the barbecue? Did the people, did they just bring ice and then eat everything except for the ice? (laughs) Or did you get mad when somebody didn't bring anything, even though they asked you and you said, no, just bring yourself. And then you were like, can you believe Greg and Susan showed up and they didn't bring anything? (laughs) The guys don't say that. The girls are always like, can you believe that? Sharon. She brought store-bought coleslaw. Can you believe that? Anyways. Enough uh, small talk. Again, I have the lovely Liz in the office with me. And, uh, mutual support. Mutual support? Mutual support. Uh, I like talking to somebody's face. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the earlier episodes was just me and you guys. But, um, I thought it would bring a better dynamic, to bring the lovely Liz in, to just kind of be here, you know, so I can look at her, and she can shake her head when she's like, you're not on topic at all, this is stupid, um, <laughs> so a been going on, um, business-wise, lots has been going on, um, I've been digging into a lot of, like, kind of hacky, but yet ethical ways of outreach, um, and it's really cool, maybe, hopefully, Soon I'll be able to kind of walk you guys through that. If you're interested in that, like the really technical like ways that people get email lists of upwards of, I don't know, you know 10,000 emails within a couple hours for a specific demographic, hit me up, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter, at Dominic, D-O-M-I-N-I-C-K, underscore T-M-G, Tango, Mango, Gango. And um, I'll give you some advice. I'll let you know. I have videos on it. Um, you know, like you know, like those YouTube videos where you're like trying to figure out how to do something in Photoshop and then it's always a Russian guy and he's like, Well okay, good, today I'll show you how to create clipping cl- clipping masks and <laughs> they're real good, but you can't understand a word, so you just watch what they do and pause it and then you go do it on Photoshop and come back and then yeah, you know. You've been there. We've been there. So, here's what I wanted to talk about on my list of topics to hit you guys in the head with. Um, I, have, I have a lot of friends who are entrepreneurs and a lot of friends who are just, like, starting up. Um, and I even have, like, younger cousins who always come to me and they're like, you know, you know, I, I'm i good at this, but I have a problem, like, making money off of what I do. And not not so much making money. That's not the hard part. The hard part is... Doing the work and feeling like you made money off of it. Does that make sense? I'm talking about feeling like you made a profit off of a deal. Now, huh, this is a tricky subject because you could go into it thinking, "Oh, Dominic's talking about you know making a profit, saying, you know, how much did I charge versus how much of you know the time I spent, you know, how much time I spent, and how much am I worth hourly?" And then you subtract the. Pro- I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about making a pure profit off of just your knowledge, like just knowing what you know. Okay, there's there's a disconnect here where you go in when you're just starting off, and trust me, I've been through it, guys. I'm not saying stuff, but I'm just I've been through this. So when you're just starting off, you go into a client meeting or you you, you meet with your uncle or your whoever you know. It's always somebody you know, and they're like, hey, I want this. Can you do this for me? And you're like, yeah. And they're like, how much does it cost? And you say, well, it will cost this much if X, Y, Z, but it might cost this much if you want a bigger one, you know, or it could cost a lot if you want, you know, all these factors. Here's the thing. When you start doing that, you're literally giving them work for free. Now, let me explain People are paying you for a skill, okay? Your skill, either you design, you develop, you consult, you do marketing, whatever. But people are paying you for that skill, okay? So the first thing that you have to do when somebody comes to you with a million questions, and I'm not talking about your aunt who's like, you know, the Google isn't working. And you're like, (laughs) you're like, did you plug your computer in? They're like, yeah, but... And you're like, do you have internet? And they're like, no, i never pay for internet. Like, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when somebody comes to you and they're like, hey, I want to run Facebook ads for my, uh, you know, my, let's just say, (laughs) this new product that I'm creating. I want to run Facebook ads. Can you handle that? Your answer should be, yes, I can handle that. Not, your answer should not be, well, let's get into it like what kind of ads um, you know what what uh, who do you want to target who you, and you're, you're throwing a whole bunch of words at them that they haven't even considered what you're doing there is you're consulting you're starting the beginning phases of consulting now I'm not saying that those questions are pertinent but what I'm saying is you can get too deep into those questions to where you start answering the questions for them and then you've given them everything that you've spent years learning for free okay does that make sense? You ha- so when you when you when you first start talking to somebody, you have to explain to them that your skill costs money. When I first started, I would go into these meetings, and I would go like say one. Like, I remember this one client. Um, I I went to maybe eight meetings with him, two and like two hours plus meetings with him. Set down. You know, we're both wrinkling our foreheads trying to figure out the best way to approach something, the best thing he should use. I'm digging up, you know, doing research on software. I'm doing research on servers. I'm doing a whole bunch of stuff, you know. And at the end of it all, of course, I got paid for the job. However, I I felt kind of slighted because I wasn't paid for the all the time I invested into telling him exactly what he needed. Isn't that valuable? Isn't that more valuable than the work that you do? Getting them getting them to the point where they know and understand what they need to help their company. Hmm. You know, my first uh, project that I ever did uh, for the, for my company, I quoted maybe I want to say, I quoted fifteen hundred bucks. It was for this. Uh, Outdoor fisherman, uh, guy. He's a, like a bat, pro- professional bass fisher. is what he is. And I charged him fifteen hundred bucks. Okay. And that project took me probably four or five or six days to finish. Because I was just learning, and that's fine. If you're just starting out, often you have to give a price like that, or maybe even six, seven hundred bucks. You give a price like that. Consider it you're getting paid to learn this craft, okay? Now cut to six months down the line and I'm charging $5,000 for a job that's going to take me an hour. Now, is that fair? Is that fair? This guy is paying me five grand for an hour's of work. For an hour of work. Not, not eight hours, for an hour of work. I think that's fair, right? Because people need to be paying you for what you've learned, not for what you do. In the long run, right? They need to be paying you for your skill set, not for your putting hands to work, you know? So one thing that I've implemented, I've tried to start charging for discovery. And when I say discovery, I mean me simply sitting down. And figuring out what's going to help a client, and I have a friend of mine. I don't know if I should mention his name. No, I, I won't. But um, he brought to it he, he does like this this cool thing where he, um, he pays money, and he has like this coach, and this coach meets, meets with him for like an hour, and this coach is like a big name. I'm not going to say his name, but he's a big name in the marketing world. big name. Think, think the guy who's always in your inbox. he's one of those guys. Um, and he gets this one-on-one coaching with him and, um, he started implementing this thing called a roadmap. And I was really intrigued. I was like, well, what's a roadmap? Like, tell me everything you learned from this guy and you've been paying him money. Tell me everything for free. (laughs) And He's such a good friend that he like gives me little tidbits. And, um, he started this roadmap where he meets with a client for 20 minutes. There's a 20 minute meeting. Okay. A potential client. No more than 20 minutes. He tells the person, I have 20 minutes. Let's meet. And that 20 minutes is all about determining whether or not he and that potential client are a good fit. And that blew my mind. Because when you're going through it, when you're, you're starting your company, you're trying to get clients, everybody's a good fit. Am I wrong? I know I'm not. Everybody's a good fit. Why? Because everybody could have money that they could then give you and you could do something for them. But he has turned down more clients than he's taken on with this process. So he has the 20-minute meeting to determine whether or not they're a good fit for each other. If they both mutually decide they're a good fit, he then says, here's what I'll do. Before I offer you any type of service, any type of advertising, marketing, website, you name it, I need to create what I call a roadmap for your online marketing strategy or what what, what not. but I'm gonna call it a roadmap this roadmap is gonna include what your competitors are doing where you stand now on the web you know uh, whether or not you need a better logo if you need your website redesigned and now he charges you know I'm not gonna say what he charges but he charges a good amount for that if the client then balks at that and is like well you know I'm not necessarily, you know, I don't want to spend that just just so you can tell me what I need to buy. Well, then he turns around and says, well, let's do this. If you you agree that we're a good fit, then I'll do this roadmap. And we'll just, you know, include that in your first month's price of working with me. Genius. Genius. It's gold. One thing, it's the small offer to get somebody bought in. You know, you've gained their trust and you've gained their trust by meeting with them and not charging them anything and saying, Hey, here's my process. You've, you've showed them you have a process. And that person's like, Oh, he has a process. This isn't like some, some silly freelancer who just like came in with like a, you know, <laughs> with a bow tie on and a part in his hair and he's, you know, whatever. Um, but he gets their trust. And then, if they say, I don't want to do that, then he takes it a step further and says, oh, by the way, that can be free as long as you and I agree we're a good fit, and this is going to move forward. I love that. I love that, man. That's so cool. So, I actually did it. I tried it out. And just to be kind of, uh, not to to talk about anybody, but... um, that deal turned into, I don't want the roadmap. I just want what you're going to offer because I trust. Right now, I trust you and what you offer. So what are your prices? And gave, her, gave the person my prices and they, they bought it, you know, which was cool. So that, that alone, so when we're talking about profit and making a profit, I feel like that's a profit. Because one, I did little to no work, Right. All I had to do was show that I'm a trustworthy person and that I have a process. And I didn't just sell her something without her understanding. I knew a process, or I had a process. And then six months down the line, where I'm still trying to design something that they like, you know, I don't feel like, man, I really undersold this. I didn't make a profit on this. So, I've also been asked, like, how do you make a profit like, if you don't have a company, right? Like, like how do you profit without a company? Because with a company, it, it, it's hard. Like, if you're solo, it's different than having a company. You have a company, you have a bunch of employees, and you have to pay overhead, and you have to consider all the, you know, all the facts of, like, this person's out of the office working on this, who's going to cover that? But I think... <laughs> If you're solo, you—it's the best way is to show that you have a process and the best way is to show that basically, you know, here, here's what I would do. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, here's what I would do. A lot of people understand, especially business owners, they understand they pay more money if more people are involved in a project. Right? So the way that you frame your process is this here are the different aspects of this job. You've got web design, you've got development, you've got logo design, you've got branding, you've got somebody overseeing the project, X, Y, Z. This can all be you, okay? But when you frame your proposal or you frame your agreement in a way where it looks like different services are being rendered that require different types of mindsets, whether or not They'd be, you know, other employees or it's just you switch into design mode or you switch into marketing mode. Lay it out in a way where they feel like they're getting these professional services by a professional all dedicated to them, right? And people will pay for that type of servicing and you won't feel like I'm undercharging or I'm getting used in this job because you're going to charge accordingly, okay? Okay. Like you have to think, and and this is a bit abstract, but I, I just don't I just don't want to see you guys getting beat down and feeling like you you've worked, you know, sixty hours this week on your own stuff on one client, and you didn't charge enough, or you don't feel like you profited from it. So another way to approach clients and to approach, you know, higher price points is by like val- like looking at the value of that that of a customer to that client. So think about this. Think about I don't know, let's let's think about Nike. They have a their logo is a check. <laughs> their logo's a check. I could draw a check and you can draw a check. Liz, can you draw a check? This can draw a check, and so let's consider Nike, and then let's consider um, that really small company and uh, let's, uh, that vape shop that just opened around the corner from you. Because one just did, I promise you, there's a vape shop around the corner <laughs> from you. And let's say you went into this vape shop and you said, you know, they said we want some branding, we want a logo. Are you gonna give them a logo and say this is gonna be fifty thousand dollars? No, you're gonna say "Um, I can do that. Like, what's your budget? And they're gonna say two hundred bucks tops, maybe three, maybe five hundred. But you got to give them twenty-seven revisions. (laughs) But then consider walking into Nike, and they say, Hey, we want a logo. What are you gonna say? What are you gonna charge them? Why can't we have that same mindset where and no matter what company we go into? Why can't we why can't we act like we are meeting with Nike executives? Everywhere we go. Why can't we? Cuz we value Nike as a as a huge company. Why? Cuz we know what they make, you know, we know they're a huge company. We know what the vape shop, we think we know what the vape shop makes, but are we de- determining our worth? In all this, now it's fine to help the vape shop out. You know you're building your portfolio. It's fine. You have to climb the ladder somehow. But at some point, guys, we have to get to a point where we're like, I do great work, and there's theology, and there's a, a process behind what I do, and it costs. Just like it, just like I'm gonna charge Nike, I'm not gonna charge you any less you know and when you're and when you're growing like you're climbing that ladder you can at least put the frame of mind in there to say the same amount of attention I would pay to Nike as a customer I'm going to pay to this person who might not have 50 grand for a logo right we have to make sure we're valuing yourself we're valuing ourselves in order to feel like we're profiting somehow and on a side note, when you start paying too much money or too much attention to the money, uh, your work suffers, man. You know, your confidence suffers. Don't do that. And I know you. Uh, some people are probably like, "Well, yeah, it's easy for you to say. You know, you got a lot of referrals and stuff like that, and you get in front of big clients. And how do I get into these places? I'm just a guy. I'm just a girl." You know, I'm just, well, hopefully a girl wouldn't sound like that. But you're like, how do I get into these big companies? Here's how. Do work. Just do work. You don't have any work coming in? Then make some work. For yourself. For a made-up company. Put your hands to something. Because you know what I noticed? People will notice your work Way before, or they'll pay more attention to your work. Way before they pay attention to a call to action from you on Facebook, or a call to action from you in a text, or you shooting them an email saying, "Hey, do you know anybody who owns a business who might need my services?" Just do work and put it out there. And again, like we t- we discussed this, not in a snobby, snotty, like pushy way, like. Go here and rate and review this and make sure I show up on the top of Behance. No. Just do work and and just put it out. And be proud of it. You know, I was listening to this this, uh, rapper named Vince Staples. And he was saying how there are so many broke artists who have their work in museums right now. And they are walking around and they're happier than anybody in the world. Do you feel like, do you, do you think they feel like they've profited? Like they're making a profit? They're broke, but their work is in these places that, is, that the, the stuff's being seen by people who appreciate it. I think that's a really good point. I think we can't fall away from loving what we do and falling into worrying about how much money we've lost on something or how much we made or how much we could make next time. Right? Don't you think? I mean, profit's important. Yeah, but there's there's a, a there's a I don't know how to describe it. There's there's an external and there's an internal way of looking at profit. Externally, you know, I spent this much time on it. I made this much money. I profited XYZ. Or I spent this much time on it, it had this effect on people, and that's satisfying to me. That's going to keep me inspired, keep me motivated. I've had times in my career where I've felt very unmotivated, non-motivated, non-motivated? Ex-mo- ex um, <laughs> I don't know words, Un- <laughs> unmotivated to do the work that I love doing. Lots of times. And even if I was making a buttload of money at that time, I didn't feel like I was profiting from the work I was putting out. Does that make sense? So when you get to a point where you start valuing yourself and valuing what you know, and then explaining to people in a confident way, in a confident manner, Hey, you know I'm the expert here. It's taken me, you know, ten years to get to this point where I can tell you exactly what to do. It's going to take some time. I'm going to put it together in a presentation. It's going to cost you a thousand bucks, but you will never have to worry or think again about how you're going to attack the, you know, the digital realm of things. And it's worth it, Mr. Client. Trust me. And if they say, okay, let's go for it. Boom. In there. And then it's pretty simple, because we can all look at a design and say, that's bad design, here's why. We can look at a site and say, this website sucks, here's why. We can look at a marketing campaign and say, this ad copy's terrible, here's why. We can do that. We've been in it. But normally, <laughs> those things that we see, like those things that we naturally point out to ourselves or to the client, that's our pitch to get the work Hey, here's what you're doing wrong. Here it is. That's what you're doing wrong. Now, you can pay me and and then things won't be done wrong. That <laughs> that doesn't work. And if it does, man, the next person can come to that client and say the same crap about your stuff and then you're done. You don't have a client anymore. But if you say, "Hey, you know what? I could give you a I could sell you a $20,000 website right now." And over time, you'll beat out your competitors. But there's an easier way to go about this. We can start small, you know, do pay-per-click, get you good branding, get you out there. And then as you see a return on your investment, then you, if you and I are in agreement, just start putting 25% back based on, on your return on investment. Put 25% back into what you pay me monthly so we can continue to grow the site. And eventually we'll get there. But in the meantime, we need to focus on ads and we've X, XYZ. You know, that sort of thing. And the the, the person is going to feel like, oh, he's not hustling me. And you're going to feel like I'm making a profit on this because I'm dealing with somebody who, who listens to me, who trusts what I know. Does that make sense? <laughs> Liz, the lovely Liz said, yeah. <laughs> she's hardly listening, but she's here. <laughs> Anyways. I hope this kind of inspires someone. Um, Like, you know, there's two sides to profit. And it's important to pay attention to the money side. You know, you don't ever want to overexert yourself. And then that leads to depression or leads to, you know, not loving what you do. And then there's the other side where you're fulfilled and you are working with a client who maybe you're working for them for a little bit less than you might want to. But they're going to be with you for 5 or 10 years because they respect what you know they respect everything you tell them because you have their best interest in mind because that's what we do right we're not not—we're not just trying to make a quick buck if we were we wouldn't be in marketing or we wouldn't be marketing for other people we'd be out there like freaking Ty Lopez you know <laughs> scamming people left and right because we could all do that I could do that you could do that we could put out a bunch of stuff right now. Um, uh, last year or last month's profits, four hundred eighty thousand dollars and growing. Hey guys, you want to know how I took my garage company to ten thousand dollars in four days? Come on, come with me. <laughs> Join me on this journey. Sign up. It's it's ninety nine ninety nine a month, and I'm gonna give you a tip every month that's gonna change your life. We could all be that dude. Easily. But we don't. We're not that. Don't be that. Man, if you're that, hey, here's something. If you see someone doing that, please, like, send it to me. (laughs) I love looking at that stuff. Please send it to me. The most recent one I saw was this guy who uh, went to the Bentley store and was like, What's up, guys? Got a little bored today. And decided to buy myself a Bentley. I brought my son with me. I'm going to let him choose what Bentley I buy. And then the son ran up to the first Bentley there. And then the guy looks at the dealer and was like, I'll take it. <laughs> 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 and the son was like, daddy, daddy buy, uh, buy this one. It's white. And he was like, I'll take it. And the guy was like, it gave, the guy gave him the keys. And people are looking at it and they're like, I bet you people are like, wow, I can do that. (laughs) I can do that if only I buy everything he sells me. I can do that. Oh my gosh, I don't want to get into it, guys. Don't want to get into it. So this kind of went from the topic of making a profit to more so understanding your worth and your value. So I might call it something different. I'll let the lovely list decide uh, once I force her to listen to this a couple more times tonight. Um, thank you guys, man. Um, we're at a lot of listeners, man. A lot of subscribers. It's really weird. And it's kind of unnerving. Um, but I love it. You know, like I said, this is therapy for me. So thank you guys for listening. Listen to the next one if you want to. That'd be cool. If not, that'd be cool too. Talk to you guys next time.